Can you hear me? Yes. It's always a bit funny when they clap for you to come here. But yes, much appreciated. So um, I've been preparing for this scripture for quite a long time, but I never had a title for it. And um, so on my note, I just put the, the scripture, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And just today, during the service, I had a title during the song, Rescued. So this is the title of our preaching today, will be Rescued. So before to start, um, as I mentioned, we've been going through the Life, Transform Life series. I've been enjoying it every day, during it, sometimes by myself, sometimes with my wife, we're sharing and praying about it. So it's a lovely condensed book and a daily, it's not too much, it's not too big, so I really loved it. And um, when we talk about transformation, it's transformed life, it's mainly a spiritual thing. And what we'll be sharing today, it's essentially spiritual. So to understand it, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So I would like to start with a little prayer in Ephesians 1.18. And I deliberately picked the Amplified Version, as you can see here. So I'm going to read it and pray about it. So it said, And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the, conf the confident expectation to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. Lord, I pray that you flood this place with the Holy Spirit because the message you gave me, it's essentially spiritual and we need to understand it as a spiritual being. Help us, to, help us to open the eyes of our heart so we can see and understand what you're doing in our life, what transformation we're going through. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I mentioned before, it's on Ephesians 10, the scripture of today, it's Ephesians, 10, 1 to, uh, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And um, I'll be reading it, but to read it, I'll use my phone because my printer was, I don't know, wrong. <laughs> so I can't read it through the papers. So um, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the rule of the kingdom of the air. The spirit, the spirit who is now at work in those who are, who are disobedient. All of us also live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desire and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in his mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you. So we're going through Transformation Life, uh, Transform Life, uh, this is a long, beautiful so, uh, series, but what's interesting in the word transform, 
we all know the meaning of it. We all know, we all, we all use it in our daily language, but I just wanted to, to make sure I understand it properly. It's easy, it's the same in French, but still, I went and opened my dictionary and to make sure I, I have a good understanding of it. So the simple definition that the, the, the dictionary is giving is change the form of, that's the meaning of transform, change the form of, change in shape or metamorphose. The accent, French, the French accent, but anyway, <laughs> metamorphose. Um, but what interested me is the prefix trans, the prefix trans that lately has been used quite a lot with the gender, related to the gender, but trans actually mean across, T-R-N-S, trans, it means across, like the word we use, transmit, transform, and if you consider the word translation, it meaning which is to carry across from one language to another, translation, or you, you take the word transportation, from one place across another place. So as a church, we are going, we're undergoing through the transformation, the transform life. When I say as a church, I mean you and I, we are going, all, to, all of us together, to a transformation with the life series. Um, transform, it's from our old life, to a new life, from an old way of speaking to a Christian way of speaking, from an old way of thinking to a Christian way of thinking, from an old way of loving to a Christian way of loving, to the old way we used to look at ourselves, to a new and beautiful biblical way to looking at yourself, from being spiritually dead and now spiritually alive. That's the transformation we are trying to go through at the moment. And we need all to go together as a church, as a family. So the um, scripture we shared earlier, on, I just break it down in four questions. So the first question is, where were we before? Yes. Um, so Paul starts and opens the chapter in Ephesians 2 by saying that we, talking about, he's talking about sins, death, and evil spirits. Scary stuff. But there's a saying in French, and I tried to translate it the best I could, saying that if you don't know where you're coming from, you wouldn't know where you're going to. So I believe Paul's starting to tell us this is where you, you were before. Before we met Jesus, we were uh, controlled by the evil spirit, we were in the sins, we were death and transgression. He said we were dead spiritually. We had no control of our spirit, soul, and body. We are ignorant of our situation. We used to follow the way of this world. Anything that was trendy, we just follow it. Oh yeah, that's good. Even though it was against God's will. Paul, say that, uh, Paul says in that scripture that we, gr uh, we were gratifying the craving of our flesh and following, the desires of, uh, following its desires and thoughts. Uh, so, What's happening is the, uh, the world and our surrounding had a control over us. They were controlling us. And unfortunately, they were leading us to death without us knowing. We were just going and following any trend and following. But why this was happening, why does our way leading us to death? It's because Paul said there is, a, there is a spirit. And he called it the spirit of the air. It's like an atmosphere that's just controlling us without us knowing it, without us feeling it. It's an external evil forces controlling us and leading us to death because it's leading us, keeping us away from God. I remember one day I was on the train going to uni 
And um, it was early in the morning, very packed train like it, it can be. Uh, and the train was packed, everybody sitting, or barely sit or standing. Before COVID, the train was very packed. And there was one guy just sitting there and then raised his voice and said, good morning, everybody. I am what you can call a street pastor. I just want to, to, to tell you that Jesus loves you. Thank you and have a good day. Okay. Eight o'clock in the morning on the train. I was like, okay. And then suddenly, a nice, well-suited guy with the tie and briefcase shouted, you shut up! Wow. And I was really puzzled by that. And that's it. That, that was my journey. But I was really puzzled by that. I say, he just told us, agreed with us, and told us that Jesus loved us. Shorts, not bothering people with long preaches or anything. But the guy was angry. And I even told my uncle about it. I said, say, Christian, listen. In this world, when you mention the, the name of Jesus, there are people who just don't care. They just ignore it. Okay, good. There are people who say, I, I don't believe in that. Some will try to debate with you. Do you really? It was, what about the science of that? But the some, those who get angry, it's because there's something in them. When they hear the name of Jesus, there's something in them, they get angry. And that's the evil spirit. And we need to be aware that the spiritual world is real, even though it's invisible. And to break out that spirit of the air that uh, Paul mentioned earlier, we need another spiritual force that will help us to, to break away from that evil spirit, keeping us away from God and lead, leading us to death. And that's Jesus. So that comes to the second question part breakdown is, how have we been saved? And we can find in verse 4, of that, uh, the chapter we, we read before, it said, because of his great love. His is Jesus, God. Because of his great love. It's because of his great love that we have been saved. This is the higher power, the higher and the stronger spiritual force. The love of God breaks us away from the evil spirits. We all know the scripture of John 3.16. Don't we? John 3.16. For God, for God so, Love, love, out of love, God sent Jesus, and Jesus came down and was so faithful, faithful through his faithfulness, and that together saved us, and that's the grace we had, and we've been saved. So that's how we've been saved, because of love, because God loved us, and Christ was obedient. And so that's what Paul said, it's by grace that you have been saved. It's that combination of love and the faithfulness of Jesus, and that breaks us away from the, the evil spirit, from dead, made us alive with Christ. So that brings us to my third question. Where are we now that we've been, we were dead, we've been saved, so but where are we now? Paul mentioned it in verse 6. He said, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So that's a location. But it's spiritual. That's why I say in the beginning of the scripture that um, it's something we need to understand spiritually. When you say that God raised us up with Christ and seated us, it's a location place, but it's a spiritual one. It's not physical. It's not tangible. So if you ask, if, to answer the question, where are we now? We are in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, which means that the presence of Christ, we are inside Christ, and his presence, that's where we belong. So, so, 
we're no longer under control of the spirit of the air because we belong now to Christ. So we're no longer in the, in the control of uh, the desire of our flesh. You know, when we used to respond to any desire and just go. No, now we're under the control of Christ. This is where we are. We're under the authority and the dominion of Jesus. When we proclaim that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, the, the, mean, the, law, the, the word Lord means honor. Just like you say land Lord, the honor of the land. So when we say Jesus is our Lord, it means Jesus, Jesus owns us. We belong to Jesus. This is where spiritually we are. To answer the question, where are we now? We are Jesus Christ's belonging and we are under his kingdom. We're sitting next to him spiritually. So Satan and death have no power and no authority and no control of our life now because we're under Jesus. So we were dead. We know why we have been, how we have been saved. We know where we are now, but why did he save us? And the fourth question is, why have we been saved? In verse 10, we can read that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, for God, uh, which God prepared in advance for her to do. And in the book that we're reading at the moment, Transform Life, there's a part that I, I wrote down. I really loved it. It says that Mar Martin Luther come up with a pithy uh, statement. And it says, let me read it for you. Good works... Don't, uh, good works don't make a good man, but a good man does a good works. In other words, we are not saved by our works, works, we were saved for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I really loved that when I read that. That's why I use it here again. It says later on, on the same, same, I say same days, there should be no such distinction between secular and sacred works. And sometimes, when I was young, I was a bit puzzled. Should I serve God so I have to be in the church serving God and not work? Actually, no, you can do both. There's no such distinction, he's saying. Say, rather, every good work we do in and through Jesus Christ is sacred. Every good work we do in and through Jesus Christ is sacred. Stacking the dishwasher, doing the gardening, whatever job you guys are doing. It's sacred as long as you're doing it in and through Jesus Christ. And it's pleasing to know, reassuring that we're still doing God's job, even whatever jobs we're doing. And I really love that. So we need to live our life for his glory. So lately, recently, so that's why I came when I read this scripture. And then I was looking for my title. And as I told you, I came the title to her early on. But Recently, I was watching a video, and I know some, I don't know if you have watched a video of uh, rescue dogs. And uh, it's, it's funny because those dogs, they came from an abandoned place. I'm just using this to understand the rescuing thing. The, the dogs come from an abandoned place, abandoned streets, abandoned family, or maybe seized by the police or whatever. But they come from a place when they were abused, beaten, malnourished, or sometimes drugged. And when they've been rescued, they go to a shelter, and from that shelter, sometimes they will find a new owner. And those dogs, often they're petrified, shaking, scared, and sometimes very violent. 
And on the video I was watching, we could follow the, the new owner coming to pick up his dog from the rescue place. And the new owner would come, excited, and they pick the dog, they sell the dog, and the dog would be shaking, petrifying his corner. And they're trying to take the dog out of the shelter and put them in the car. It's a long process. It's not easy. The dog doesn't want to come out. The dog sometimes will bite them because of where they're coming from. But the new owner is patient, full of love, and they'll take time under the video. They're taking time. Slowly but surely, the dog will get in the car. They drive safely to the house, and when they get to the house, to take the dog out of the car to the house, that's another process. And sometimes it takes hours, but with patience. Patience and gently, the new owner would take the dog out and bring him to the new house. And that new house, it's where the dog has been rescued. But he doesn't realize that the first thing he do when he gets to the house, he'll seek for a corner and tuck himself in, shaking, petrified, scared. But the new owner, still out of love, will come on video, and you can see that the new owner will come and sit quietly next to the dog in that corner, not even looking at the dog on that video, and just sitting next there, waiting for the dog to be acquainted and be familiar with the, the new owner presence. And slowly, surely, the new owner will be able maybe to touch the dog, caress the dog, and then be able to feed him and drinking and at the end of the video see the dog a few days later or weeks later I don't know how later the dog will be jumping on his lap and loving it a transformed dog and I use this illustration because I believe we are like the dog God has rescued us he brought us to in his new house some of us are full of fear others full of guilt perhaps violent because of our past, because of what we've been through in our life. So what we do, we tuck ourselves in a corner. We are shaking, nervous, anxious, because what we've been through, we're still behaving like we are not rescued. But God, just like the new owner, through the Holy Spirit, will not just sit next to us, but will be in us, patiently, quietly silently waiting for us to be acquainted with his presence. And when we realize that we have a new life in Christ, a new life in Jesus, that's our all life is gone. It's no longer the same. We are in a new place, a new house, a place of love and caring. That's when we will fully understand what Paul said, the riches of his call the glorious inheritance of being a child of God. That's where we need to understand. So I just want to pray now so we can understand and those who are still in the corner of the house of God, shaking, trembling because of the past, because of the guilt, because of fear, whatever is putting you in that corner, I just want to pray that you understand that the Holy Spirit is sitting next to you. I just want you to realize that God is in you and waiting for you to get acquainted to his presence so he can touch you, so he can feed you, so he can care for you. You are no longer in the past. You are in the new house. You're in the house of God. The Bible says you're in the realm of God, the heavenly realm. 
heavenly realms, sorry, and heavenly realms. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice you made on the cross. We thank you for, because you rescued us from our old life. We were dead and now we are alive. We were enslaved, now we are enthroned. We were object of wrath and now we are object of grace. We walk among disobedience, now we are, we are fellowship in, with Christian Christ. We were under Satan's dominion, now we are unified in Christ. Let us realize that. Let us realize your presence, your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.